Good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you for all the participation yesterday in, in, in our community discussion. So today, we're, today is part two of our three-part webinar, and it's about coronavirus, COVID-19, what it means for franchise brands. Participation yesterday was amazing, and yesterday was all about a framework for recovering growth. Today is all about tactics to implement, and as we go through this, <clears throat> these are tactical steps that we should all be taking together. Please keep in mind, you could have used the Q&A, the chat box. Um, following this webinar, you could join the um, Franchise Growth Mastermind Facebook community. So, so please look out for that. Please, yesterday's webinar was amazing because of all the participation. So we'll be monitoring questions um, and we'll be discussing them. So now, um, yesterday we discussed, really, we don't know what we don't know, but we put together a framework that we're going to talk about today and tactical measures. Before we get started into the tactics of how we're going to not only survive, but thrive and grow, just a quick legislative and resource update. Many franchise attorneys are probably seeing, we're getting uh, letters from state examiners. Many state examiners are extending FDD renewal deadlines. So the state examiners, whether it's Maryland, New York, Virginia, California, they're all being very proactive. Many of them are working remotely, but they are in the process of extending deadlines. So definitely speak to your counsel about that. Two major pieces of legislation. One was the, uh, supplemental appropriations for the Small Business Administration. Again, I think much more needs to come and I know the president is talking about it. I know the IFA has been in communication. Um, but it's important, check the SBA website, check if your local state has already declared itself uh, a disaster, because that'll give you the opportunity to start applying for SBA loans. And very few states have uh, invoked this so far. So please check the SBA website. It'll be on our deck and you'll have access to it. Um, the third major piece of legislation, the Families First Corona Virus Response Act. As we discussed yesterday, that legislation is not helpful to franchisors or franchisees. In my opinion, doesn't solve any problems. Um, and that's still pending, hasn't reached the Senate yet. Those are the three major pieces, but probably as we're speaking, it's shifting already. And again, I know the IFA has been in consultation uh, with the executive branch. I know there's other measures being planned. And we even know President Trump yesterday proposed different economic packages. The key takeaway right now is there's no relief, at least the way I see it in terms of supplemental funding for franchisors and franchisees in a meaningful way. And I hope that changes by the end of this week. Again, yesterday was all about what's our framework. So, and I understand yesterday's call, many comments were, hey, we need to keep pushing forward, or it may not be as bad as we think it is, or it may be worse. But here's the key. We do know something. We know something absolutely that there will be a recovery point. We will all rebound and grow. We know the paradigm shifting. So our operating system is focused on short-term planning, intermediate planning, long-term. And that's what we discussed yesterday, which was the operating system itself. Today, we're gonna get into the tactics. Um, so let's start off with the short-term. Yesterday, we discussed key points, bracing for impact, naturally always protecting life, engaging in defensive measures, and legal modifications. So today, a big part of this webinar, and please, your questions and comments, um, 
let's talk about the short term. And to frame this, and we're going to go into it in detail with Nick, we don't know if short term is two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, or 12 or more. So that's the variable, but what are we doing short term? Yeah, I think, I think you're, uh, I mean, it's absolutely the place we need to start thinking about is what, what happens over the next, say, two to six weeks. Uh, that's probably the window that we need to be looking at. What we're going to discuss short term, again, it's about tactics. And, and so very much if, if everyone shares, um, the way we've outlined it and what we're going to go into in this short term measure is um, cash flow, adjustment to system standards, franchisee communications, um, modifications to discovery days. I think a major part of what we're going to talk about right now, too, is going to be marketing tactics and adjustments to legal obligations. Um, and I don't, Nick, what do you think? I don't want to belabor the point. Every franchisor or franchisee has a different cash flow position. Naturally, now's the time to be very cautious with your cash flow. Um, certainly, we'd like to see more SBA funding and more relief at the federal level. But absent that, how much can we add at this point? in terms of the cash flow discussion? Uh, I mean, I would say we're looking at things in real time. Uh, when you see the Dow uh, plummeting and uh, sellers selling off stocks, uh, that means the, the bulk of trading is being thought that we're still riding uh, downward of, of the curve, whether that's a U or a V um, or a J, uh, we, are, we are still on the downward uh, spiral. So that means if, if we're looking at, at that as an investment indicator that people are selling off now, that means we're still going to hit the bottom before we uh, keep going up because active buyers will buy when we're, we're hitting a, a bottom. So the general um, stock trading, uh, if you use that as an indicator, is, is showing that we are not at the bottom yet. If we look over the last 24 hours, we have seen uh, brands um, start to change the way that they're thinking. Uh, there is good in this. Many of them are saying we need to deploy as much capital as possible uh, to supporting our franchisees. I like that mindset. You're, you're in the right place um, for what you need to do with the cash that you have access to. Um, but I think starting some dialogues with franchisees over cash flow will be beneficial. And we'll get into town halls and so other, other ways of communicating with your franchise network. I would start figuring out who are the franchisees in your system, uh, no matter what stage you're at, that is saying, uh, it's gonna be bad, but we'll get through this. Um, because if you look at the way that the media works, uh, it's gonna be all negative, negative, neg negative, and then we'll start talking about recovery. And then the stories start shifting to the survivor stories, and we're, we're certainly not there yet. Um, but I would start building your army of franchisees that are like, hey, I went through this in 2008, or hey, we hit a lot of bumps early on, here's what I know about it. Because when you start allowing your franchisees to voice how they're managing the cash flow, you can rely on others within your system uh, that, that, are, that are on the front lines uh, to be the voice. So for Lace of Cash Flow, there's not a lot of intelligence to give other than we know cash is king. Uh, that's, that's nothing new to you. Um, but start building um, your team that it should include franchisees that are not pushing the panic button. Uh, that will help you have the stories um, and leadership uh, to help 
build some sort of comfort as we continue to, to battle through what's going to happen over the next few weeks. I, th I think that's a key point, though, which is now for franchisors, it's not just your cash flow position, it's your cash flow position plus your franchisee cash flow position. And naturally, there's always that dependent relationship, royalty streams and whatnot. Um, large franchisors are in a different cash flow position than emerging, right? So this is at the franchisor level. Nick talked about communication. It's a cash flow conversation for your corporate and for your franchisees. I think added to that conversation needs to be advocacy and dialogue about small business administration and crucial loans uh, that are gonna be needed throughout the entire small business community. So I think even as a franchisor too, you need to be uh, an advocate and looking out for your franchisees on those measures. Yeah, and I think Charles, there's one, there's one other point to this. Um, I mean, you think about what happens when you're registering an FDD in a state, like you, you ultimately get in line or depending on the relationship that your franchise attorney has uh, with, with the department, it might influence what place you fall in line, but you get into line. And the reality is it's, it's the same, not, not only the same number of brands that are gonna be going through uh, relief applications, it, the numbers are gonna be tremendous. It's not just franchising, it's all small business that could be affected by this. So some of the decisions that you're making while you're bracing for impact on what is the timeline to start getting paperwork in order uh, should be happening in real time now. So when we think about bracing for impact, it's we are, we are, we are about to impact. Uh, what do we do in the next 24 hours? And this impact and the way that we're looking at it, because we don't know when we hit the intermediate stage, uh, if we're looking at a, a two-week window, a six-week window, an eight-week window, um, I talked with a franchisor yesterday uh, that said this could be an end-of-year uh, window. We don't know the answer here, but stage one is really penciling out your to-do list for the next uh, next 24 hours. And part of that, Charles, I feel, um, is understand the relief uh, packages that will be available from an SBA or other measures like the IRS saying that small business can, can, can delay their tax filing, uh, which some would have payments coming up. Um, there are some things in the immediate 24 hours that we need to start thinking about from a paperwork standpoint to make sure that the franchisees are positioned to have access to uh, as much capital as possible. The other thing that I think is important, we, we put in the term cash flow, um, but as I think through this, it's also mental flow because where the head is at ends up having tremendous effect on what happens next. You think about the entrepreneurs who fall down a million times and still continue to get back up and build uh, another business idea. We're looking for that kind of mentality uh, within the franchise system right now because those are, those are gonna be the heroes that need to be presented in front to create believability that we can get through this. Because we're going to need to have our internal brand communication uh, to help us understand it. So in addition to cash flow, we need to be looking at mental flow uh, as exists for the right mentality that exists within your organization. You know, and I, I, th I think that's important. Um, it definitely is a mindset and um, a couple of questions about the SBA and loan processing. On our deck is a link to SBA resources. In fact, the SBA has a whole uh, web page to uh, start the processing online. 
um, we'll give you that link and it's on our deck or at least on yesterday's and we'll push that out to the, uh, our uh, Facebook community. Keep in mind that website for the SBA also lists states and counties that qualify. Local governors need to make a disaster declaration. If your local governor hasn't, then you need to be calling them right away because it's gonna delay that process. So um, definitely check that out and we'll get everyone those resources. I think here in New Jersey, the governor hasn't done it. Ultimately, the SBA doesn't even have enough funding, which is another issue, but if your state, I know certain uh, areas in California and Texas uh, qualify already. Um, and for those, if you're a franchisor, I'd be filing for you know, loans. And again, these loans are for working capital. They're not just, you know, it's a disaster relief related to working capital. Um, let's, let's go, and again, as we go through this, this is short term, bracing for impact, defensive measures and legal adjustments. Again, Q&A, web chats, this is all, a, 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 you know, it's a community discussion. Actually, as part of this too, we have some Q&A from yesterday that we'll deal with. Let's go into adjustment for system standards, right? So during the call yesterday, there were really great points about uh, virtual discovery days, about modifying services. If you know, we're a an enrichment program provider offering online programs, all of this makes sense, right? So now in the short term, uh, can franchisors make adjustments to system standards, service and product delivery, to um, as countermeasures to our new term of social distancing and mandatory closures. Um, the town I'm in, restaurants cannot have seating in them, right? I know this is happening pretty much in, in, in many towns across the country. So the next measure is modifying your internal system standards, service delivery standards, um, and Nick, what are you seeing with some brands you're working with on that front? I mean, other than, you know, offering online programs and, and, and virtual discovery days. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer that in a second. And, and to reiterate what Charles said, if any of you have answers to these questions, put throw it in the chat so that we can give you proper credit for what you're going through. So even though the two of us are answering what we think is the best practice, again, like we said yesterday, uh, this is all unknown territory. Um, so if you guys can contribute, uh, we will make sure we, we address what you're saying, uh, either the chat bar or the Q&A. But the, all right, the, the adjustment to system standards. Um, my, my advice uh, is, is as follows, and I, I was on the phone with several uh, legal friends yesterday um, asking through questions on how do you handle layoffs um, or furloughs or uh, communication. Um, what about what about franchise agreements that had strict deadlines that were coming up on getting units open or you need to be in development? What do you do in this scenario? And the answer was, uh, this was from a non-franchise attorney, uh, more of a corporate attorney, said, um, you, you do what your gut tells you is best. And that's, that's probably the best reality that we have right now because, yes, there are some things that we're going to have to think about the impact that happens legally. Um, but the adjustment in system standards or cha changes or, or regulations that you do within your company, you're going to have to trust your gut than anything in this scenario. That's going to be your best friend because you can see this in real time. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching content on Facebook or LinkedIn um, or you're watching the news, uh, nobody knows. Uh, there's not an answer 
uh, to this. This is why uh, the, the battle is so, so strong. We're getting hit from a health crisis standpoint, a financial crisis standpoint, and a panic crisis standpoint. And we're trying to navigate all of this at the same time. So anything that we would say as rules um, would be uh, most likely trust in our gut. In our, or in our own company, um, we have followed some of the standards put forward uh, by employment law, but we've had some flexibility. We had, we had an employee uh, that landed from Switzerland on Sunday. Uh, that is an immediate 14-day period uh, at home, self-quarantine, uh, uh, not allowed back in the office. Prior to that, we have shut down our office. Our, our business uh, is gone remote, um, and we're looking at three-day sprints. So the next update from me to our uh, business happens on uh, end of day today, and then we'll do another sprint at the end of the week. So we're trying to play it in real time. Um, and I'll say that it, it, it continues to be what is expected, that we are not going to be uh, gathering in our office. Um, these are things that we're watching uh, carefully. We had uh, a case of uh, coronavirus in our office building uh, that hit all the media in Chicago. Uh, it happens to be in the same uh, elevator bay. Uh, we share an elevator bay with the floor that had uh, the case of it. That creates a panic and uncomfortable moment as leaders, we have to be willing to uh, adjust and think in real time. So long-winded answer to say, uh, there is no straight answer here. Uh, trust your gut. Uh, you have businesses to operate. Um, and be prepared to, to pivot, because what might work today uh, may not be working in 12 hours or 24 hours. And I, and I think the, uh, the key with all of that internal teams and especially franchisees is communication system calls. Um, you know, really great chat was, you know, Matt's comment, which is really what you want to hear. Uh, Matt, you know, he's, we had a company town hall webinar yesterday, got almost hundred percent participation. We reassured them. We have been through this in 2001 and 2008 halfway through, they started talking about ways to grow business, lots of pent up demand just to talk with other parts of the community, best call we've ever had. And, and yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Kelton's with uh, Show Homes. Um, so you, great, great mentality for a category of real estate that might actually show some opportunity uh, post what we get through. But, but, but in what, the part that strikes me too is the mindset, right? Which is that embedded opportunity and, and things we're going to talk about in a, two slides down, which is uh, in the intermediate stage is going to be that opportunity, right? Shakeouts are happening. We, you know, whether there's this controversial or not, the worst hasn't happened yet. We're talking about bracing for impact, but there's so much opportunity on the other side of this, right? So, um, what I, what I'd like to discuss, Nick, to me, the heart of this bracing also, I want to go into evaluating, examining marketing tactics. Before I do that, I, I just want to throw something out there. Um, I'm speaking to a number of our clients where they have very sophisticated franchisees, um, high net worth franchisees ready even now to invest but whether it's an item 19 has limited data and they want more behind the scenes data, just be aware and speak to your franchise council that now's the time also to evaluate exemptions. Um, under the federal franchise rule, 
there's a large franchisee exemption. So if you're dealing with a corporate franchisee over 5.7 million in net worth, there's some other requirements. Um, you may not need to disclose an FDD and you may be able to provide them with data that goes beyond your item 19, uh, which at times like these uh, may be necessary. And also for organizations that large, they may need it. Also, there's a large franchise investment exemption. Um, so if the investment, not including acquisition of real estate, uh, exceeds, it's adjusted for inflation, I believe it's around 1.143 million. That's another potential federal exemption. Um, and of course, you always have that fractional franchise exemption. Now keep in mind, if you're in a registration state or uh, a franchise state that has regulation, they may preempt the federal regulation, but I would expect, and we're having a ton of conversations now uh, with our clients, super high qualified franchisees. Now is not the time to create legal barriers and legal friction. If there's an exemption and you can make the deal happen and you can provide data that's meaningful, um, if the exemption's there, um, now's the time to maybe uh, utilize them and close deals with high capitalized franchisees. So I think that's really critical and we're seeing a lot of that. Um, Nick, unless you have comments on that, I, I want to get into the heart, nuts and bolts, because now is the time uh, we need to examine our marketing tactics, right? Um, the reflective reaction is to say, I'm going to stop spending money on marketing. Personally, I, I don't know if, if I had some pay-per-click ads or LinkedIn ads, which I see with one big national brand, and I started, I did the copy and development of it two months ago. Well, I may be spending money on the marketing today, but I know the copy would be changing. Let's talk into real marketing tactics. And I'm trying to break them down between established large franchisors versus emerging, consumer versus franchise sales, different marketing channels and advancing brand stories. Yeah, let me, let me start by saying this statement. Um, in, in my belief, uh, this, is, this is not a time uh, for uh, suppliers like us to sell. So all my statements, uh, I'm going to make as if I'm giving advice, not trying to sell uh, on services. I'm seeing plenty of garbage. I'm still getting these garbage sales emails. It says, now is the time to buy X, Y, or Z. This is not the time to buy. We're embraced for impact standpoint. Be sensitive to this. Um, so my, my advice is going to be uh, based on my best knowledge, not, not specific to saying go, go hire an agency to do this stuff because that, that's not the discussion that needs to be having, uh, being had right now. All right, so when it comes to marketing tactics, there, there are realities uh, to situations like this. Uh, we monitor cost per click uh, in various areas uh, and a lot of franchise terms, the cost per click in, in a Google environment is decreasing significantly. What that means is there's opportunity uh, to buy those ads. Do I think now is a time? Uh, my belief is it it's gonna take you doing a really, really strong look in the mirror to figure out the answer to this. If you can look in the mirror and say, we have good vision and leadership on how we're gonna get through this. We have a, we have a good product that we're proud of. Uh, we have the cost to get in and the, how much you can make and our brand uh, is sound and we're confident in it. Uh, our franchisees validate. You can open in the markets. Uh, there, there's growth in the markets that we want to grow in. 
now all of a sudden you're, you're evaluating your business and if you're saying it's sound and we have good opportunity on the, the back end of this, now you start thinking about what that means from a marketing standpoint. From a franchise development point, as long as you're sound and you're, you're not trying to put lipstick on a pig, uh, then maybe there's some time to start spending. Uh, historically in franchise development, the brands that shut off things um, kill, kills any momentum. It's like a locomotive that you, you take all the steam out of it and it takes time to get, get the engine going uh, before it takes off. You cut it out, you're going to have to expect that that's going to happen again when you turn it back on. So it not, don't shut it off, either, either simplify it, take it down to the essentials, um, but be real careful. Charles's message is so critical right now. There should not be a picture of a family playing in the park and talking about how you can get your lifestyle back with baseball right now. It's a message that's not going to resonate with a family that is stuck inside the house, dealing with children, trying to teach them education, not understanding how a nanny works in, in, in a scenario like this. Like, there's too much complexity around that. So you've got you've to look back at your messaging and make sure it's aligned. This is also a time we're all in front of our computer at this moment. There are millions and millions of people that this is going to be their tool to use over the next several weeks, especially if we get to a place of having a complete lockdown, which seems like we're headed in that direction. With that insight, we know that people are in front of their computers, that this is time to give them right content. I don't think it's a time to be cute. Uh, I think it's time to, to start dribbling out content, maybe on franchisee confidence, maybe what you're doing from a, from a franchisor standpoint to provide uh, support for franchisees, maybe even highlighting the fact that you had a town hall and what came out of it to deliver insight. There are tools out there uh, where you can put your message out there so that an audience can see it and we know that they're in digital right now to feed it to them. I would just be super, super careful about the message and story that you're telling because this is, this is not the selling time, it's an educational time. And that's something that you can take advantage of. From a consumer standpoint, we know that the sales have shifted. Nick, uh, could, Nick could, you just said really important things. Could I, I just recap here a second, right? Um, from a franchise sales perspective, I think Nick gave it. So you do need to do a rundown on what you're offering, your product, leadership, ROI, availability of territory and franchisee validation, right? So you need to be checking those boxes off now in terms of, you know, here's the value proposition in our product, in our leadership team, in our ROI, availability and validation. If you use those measures now, right? It's almost like we'd be tone deaf to keep going with the same dialogue and conversation. So how is your product or let, let's focus, how is your leadership team focusing and reacting to this crisis, right? And does that become a talking point in a conversation with your prospects? How does the actions you're taking now influence your franchisee validation, which is going to affect your franchise sales process? So maybe now is the time to be talking about leadership and franchisee experiences, right? And how you're helping them win and survive, maybe that becomes the story. And I think, again, from what I see, I think you need to have an honest dialogue in these marketing pieces. I also think, Nick may not like this, but Nick reaches into brands. I think the superficial 
generic uh, marketing that I see in so many places. Now's the time for the team to step back, talk to their agencies, talk to their PR team. Like this is the emotional story of what's going on. Me as a leader, this is what I'm concerned with about this franchisee and start communicating that story because I think the brands that do that and do it sincerely are gonna win and leave everyone else behind once we hit recovery. One billion percent. I think transparency ends up being uh, king in this scenario. And I'll, I'll, I'll promise you this, every, everybody on this call uh, that is employed at a job, not, not the owner or the business owner, um, should be thinking about the impact that they can have uh, to the brands that they represent, not just in a particular department. Uh, this is going to be a time where uh, that's not my job does not fly. Um, because if you watch the panic that's, that's happening um, and the, the, the strain on cash flow that brands are looking at, uh, the valuation, whether you're in those discussions or not, is going to be happening uh, at, the, at the top. Uh, to say, all right, where do we find the highest amount of capital in the fastest way? Yes, tier one is going to be vendor relationships on what can we put on pause. But when we start hitting tier two, and it's like, uh, this is this is our active labor within our us as a franchisor, um, that's going to come up for for discussion. And I I get trying to uh, find the positivity uh, in everything that we're we're trying to communicate. Um, but I think we need to be real about this. We need to be real about uh, every form of touch point that we have as a brand so that we can have dialogue that is transparent uh, about what the potential outcomes are. So my, my advice to anybody on this call that is seeing themselves in a salaried position within an organization uh, that is one dimensional uh, is also thinking about the impact that they can impact in other ways, such as talking with franchisees, helping the business coaches, uh, work through the channel of, of providing advice um, or, or comfort or shoulders for people to cry on because this, this is a reality. This is, this is what we're going to be facing. And I'm, our, like you can already see the indicators. We're already starting to face it. It's just, it's, a, it's, it's at a different pace depending on where you are as a brand on how you're dealing with it. McDonald's is doing royalty relief. Uh, they're coming out and saying, we're going to do rent uh, abatement uh, for franchisees. That's a big brand that's starting to look at this. And they also have a drive-through that can still deliver product in, in today's time uh, when, when the, the dining rooms are closed. So is, yeah, everything Charles said. Um, and I think we need to be really conscious of addressing every area of our business uh, in the short term and seeing what impact we can have. Hey, Nick, the, um, just as a really like quick example, because I'm curious, if I'm an emerging brand, what's my preferred marketing channel right now? And my old headline on my franchise sales copy was X, and now it's Y. I mean, it's, it's a very simple answer, but uh, ask yourself where you would go to look for a job. So then you know that LinkedIn, uh, which the cost per click is, is declining to right now, um, is a place where you would probably go to look for a job. So you want to start having dialogue about your brand, go to the places where people are looking for career transitions. Uh, and that would be one of them. And then the second is I want updates on what's happening in the news and my family uh, and my friends, uh, which is Facebook. So it, it, those two have been pretty staple for a while. 
Um, but you got to go where the people are interacting in real time. Uh, those would be my first two places. Ask yourself where you would go to look for a job because most likely everybody on this call would be qualified to buy some sort of franchise. Um, that insight will give you your answer uh, automatically. And Nick, just quick, my old headline was X and now it's Y. Got it. I mean, fantastic question. I'm not, I'm not sure I have the answer. I mean, it, right, right now I would say it's, this is how I'm uh, positively impacting my franchisees. The yesterday's was look at how much money I make. So it, it's shifting from money, money, money to support, support, support. And every brand has always said, look how much we, we give more support than everyone else, which some do some, some that's a garbage statement. Show it. Like you want to get on yeah. another show that you really support. Yeah, no, owners. I, I look fr prospective franchisees are every franchise sales website says training and support to the point where it's ignored. So I, I guess the takeaway is now's the time to demonstrate the support and communicate that in your marketing in those marketing channels. Yeah. And, and not just marketing channels uh, in, in your, in your lives too. I mean, look, uh, every, every business is going through some challenges of, of trying not, maybe they might still be in the planning stage. Um, our, ours included, uh, we're, we're, we're navigating what happens next. Um, and I felt it important to, to deliver out content as did Charles and his, his business is going to explore what happens next. Uh, and we're, we're choosing to be here because we feel we need to be there together uh, for the industry that exists. Uh, it's not just what you do from a marketing standpoint, also what you do for having each other's backs uh, that exist in this, in this industry. Um, and that, that's, that's the community that we're trying to create. Yeah, it's, um, and it's uh, you know, we had our virtual team meeting this morning. Um, Melissa, who you guys don't see her on the webinar, who does everything for these webinars. I mean, our team's been in overdrive. And I think for me, um, sanity has been just focusing on delivering for our clients and reaching out to the community together to help each other. So um, I, I, you know, and I know everyone on this call or not everyone, but I know that's where the focus is. Um, Nick, are we good to go to the Q and A related to this? Yeah, but one, one more thing on the franchise mm -hmm. communication. Um, and Charles, you and I talked about this offline. Um, so some of the things that are happening now within our systems um, are happening with a lag time uh, that blew, it blew my mind. Uh, I'm watching the news this morning and they're showing live feeds from Florida beaches that are packed with human beings. Uh, what, 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 what is this? And it, it, my, my mind can't even understand it based on where I am at. And maybe I get a little bit different visibility being in the center of, of downtown Chicago, which is where I live and work, uh, that I can see what's happening. Uh, the streets are bare um, and people are now uh, self-quarantining. Um, so, you know, like the, there's a lag time on some of this stuff. So we're still catching franchisees, probably not understanding the depth of what's gonna happen seven days from now is going to be a much different story. And I think the faster you come to uh, reality that this is happening, the better prepared you will be for the storm that we're about to hit. The storm hasn't even hit yet. 
Uh, and that's, that's evident by people ignoring the advice that, that is happening in our world. I promise you a percentage of our franchisees are not hit yet. But if we turn into a lockdown or a shutdown or wh whatever happens over the next several weeks, the impact is going to be grave. And the faster that you as a leader steps up and says, let's plan for the worst and hope for the best, that's how you best brace for impact. Um, and unfortunately, uh, as, I, as I watch uh, various channels of communication, they are oblivious to the fact that this is, this is a reality. Uh, this is not fantasy. We're not making ghost stories here. Um, so we got to be really, 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 really diligent in the planning stage. And I think erase this entire so slide, bracing for impact, it mentally getting your brain prepared to go into action when you're put into the corner and you got to defend for yourself as a brand. That could very well be coming. Go through that exercise so that you have a shot uh, to come out on the other side in a positive way. All right. And then again, on those checklist items with your internal team, you need to check through product, leadership, ROI, availability, franchisee validation. Um, and I think those are really good checklist items there. Um, yesterday, we had some questions and today too that we'd like to address, right? And so, and I, I guess the first one is at what point do I hit the panic button? I don't think we, look, I think all of us on this call right now are choosing to take control over this situation. So we're not panicking. I think the only, you know, the good news is we're all in this together. Uh, we think the operating system of short-term, intermediate, and long-term, that's the right way to go. We have a ton of variables we don't know yet. I don't think there's a panic button. I think as a community, we're gonna get through this together. Uh, there's going to be pain. Uh, we know we're gonna come out of it. So, so I think that's, you know, I, I only think that's the perspective, which gets us to the other point, which is, um, other people are mentioning that franchise deals are still closing and this isn't happening everywhere. Again, this is short-term planning, brace for impact, right? Hope for the best, plan for the worst. But if franchise sales are happening now, and I don't mean to be an alarmist, or if they happened at the beginning of the week, I think we're, we're seeing, and I know Nick agrees with this, there's a, a week to two week delay. So if we're seeing franchise sales at the end of next week, I think that's great. I do think, and you know, my mind, I, you know, caused me to reflect yesterday. I do think after a lot of the discussions yesterday and even Nick's comments, um, I think now may be a time where you're going to receive franchisee inquiries. And now is a great time to communicate with prospective franchisees and from the concept that people could be losing jobs. So again, this may be building a broader funnel right now. So the funnel may be building and now is the time to communicate that compelling story and demonstrate that support and care. And maybe at the bottom of the funnel on the closing, that may get delayed. I mean, that should be a focus, I think. No, Nick? Uh, there, there's something that you said there that I think it, it strikes at least an idea in my mind uh, that is important, which is, uh, yes, there are fran franchisees, uh, prospective franchisees are going to be hitting um, a panic button uh, uh, in, in some order. If that's in their workplace, that's good for you. 
Um, if it's they, they've been doing their homework, that might mean I'm going to pause and focus on my family for a while. The various stages. There is a, a bulk of human beings that not only raised their hand and said they were interested in franchising, they raised their hand and said they were interested in you. And let's put them into two buckets, the qualified and not ready to buy, and the underqualified, uh, not, not either not qualified or not ready to buy. So you have qualified, not ready to buy bucket. Those are human beings that now because they're gonna look at where, where else they had their money. Maybe they're, they're like, my job is still okay. I'm not ready to make a decision. They're gonna to get to the point of making a decision. And we gotta understand that the sales process is a lengthy process. So make sure that you're not overlooking uh, the value of people that are uh, in your pipeline from the past, that's one. And then secondly, again, on the support side, uh, franchisees wanna know that you have their back. So right now, uh, is a great time to also include your prospective franchisees uh, that are active in your pipeline on some of the brand communication that is going outbound, especially if it's coming from the CEO or the COO sharing uh, what you guys are doing as a brand uh, to support your current franchisees. That will help make them feel comfortable. They will remember what happens in this moment as they continue on. And they might not buy for six months, they might not buy for nine months, but the pipeline that you have right now, you still wanna communicate with them and keep them up to date on what is happening within your brand so you can take credit for the, for the support that you're delivering out them. Yeah, I, I think that's critical. Um, by the way, Mark posted um, on chat a great checklist of items uh, from a cash flow perspective for franchisees. Mark, I'm, if, if you're okay, we'd love to post this and attribute it to you on the uh, Franchise Growth Mastermind Facebook community um, to share it with everyone. If, if you're good with that, just, just let me know. But yeah, Mark, Mark is a head of uh, franchise development for Lightbridge Academy. The, the list, is, list is great. Uh, yes. So, and Mark, if you, yeah, I, I think we, we should get that list uh, posted. I think he's, he's posting it for us to share. Yeah, good, Charles, which is great. It real quick? What's that? Let, let me read through it real quick. Sure, please. Uh, if you're a franchisee and you're closing, I think you need to stay financially fit in order to come back. Here's a draft of a list that I created regarding what franchisees could do to preserve cash, business, profession, uh, business and personal, uh, check their lease with possible force uh, clause in lease regarding rent payments, check, call uh, LL, uh, ask for concessions, Right, so we're seeing a lot of uh, franchisors asking for rent concessions. Yep, uh, contact SBA lender regarding signing up for eligible programs. On a personal level, contact banks mortgage for relief on home payments, schedule payment arrangement for auto and property insurance premiums, uh, and waived late fees, schedule payment arrangements on life, health insurance policies, social programs for consumer loans and credit cards, utilities the same. So. It's, it's definitely saying, here's all the places that I spend cash. Um, how can I maximize that so that when I come on the other side of this, uh, there would be value, um, or I would have value with the cash flow that I, I freed up. Yeah, and what I like about what Mark is doing, I mean, it's a very proactive list, right? So- um, And he's saying just franchisees, he's saying everybody on this call should be- Yeah. No, I, and look, and, and for everyone, I, I, you know, I appreciate Mark's recognition of the magnitude of about, of what's about to land. So um, that, that's awesome, Mark. Um, not awesome that we have to do it, but 
Um, SBA loan stimulus uh, package for better terms. Again, I, I think the SBA packages are gonna go through some modifications again. I know there was a comment earlier that almost all the states have made a, been declared disasters. Um, that's slightly different. To qualify for an SBA uh, appropriations program, the governor needs to make a special declaration to the SBA. A lot of states haven't done that yet. So just again, check out that um, SBA website. Um, Charles, there's a, there's, a, there's a really good question. I think you would have the insight on here um, that I think we should address as, as a Q&A. If you're a franchisor with a business model that is in need right now, can you continue to use the franchise disclosure document that has an item 19 claim based on data from a pre-COVID-19 period? You know, this is something we've been um, evaluating. So I'm assuming we have historical data um, for 2019 in the item 19, right? And we have um, a number of days left before that FDD expires under the federal rule and, and at certain state levels. Um, my answer right now is I think it's still valid um, because this is an extraordinary event, right? Um, unless you're in an industry that not because, let's assume we go through a down, downward uh, business cycle, unless your industry is not going to exist because of this type of event, I don't know, like if a certain type of uh, business model is uh, no longer in favor, but if this is just part of what we would deem a downturn as a result of this extraordinary event, almost an act of God, um, I think there's valid reason to stand by your 2019 item 19. Now, what we are recommending for our clients in preparation for 2021 FDDs, we know there's going to be a dip in numbers. Um, what we're recommending for 2021 already is that we absolutely include at least two years, two to three years of financial performance representation. We're also working with our clients now to start monitoring the um, reduction in revenues uh, and uh, operating uh, profits now uh, from the date of a declaration, because it's our theory that when we prepare next year's FDDs, we're also gonna isolate uh, sort of the coronavirus impact. Um, and that's something we're planning for with our clients. But I, I think right now, look, there's no easy answer. I mean, franchisees are aware of what's going on, but if it's historical data for 2019, our theory is that a you know, coronavirus epidemic is not the new norm. And, and so I would stand by those numbers. Charles, there's another question that came out of the Q&A. Do you think the FTC or state administrators for the registration states will extend annual filing deadlines? Yeah, they have already, yes. And that we, I briefly mentioned it. I'm getting emails as we speak. Uh, I, this after, I know last, the other day, Maryland extended. I believe I just got an email from Virginia. So the state examiners are doing an amazing job. Uh, many of them are working remotely. They recognize the circumstance. Um, and they're extending out deadlines. But again, you need to speak to your attorney about it and plan it out because what exactly does the extension mean, right? And you know, how do you avoid going dark? Um, we're placing a priority, an absolute priority on getting those register applications in. I, I know there's been delays. Uh, clients have had issues that, that they can't account for, but um, 
yeah, the answer is there's extensions and the state examiners have been amazing so far. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I know there was a, a, an explanation of the high net worth individual disclosure. I'll, I'll just briefly discuss and there's a lot of variables here. Uh, so the question was, can you re-explain the high net worth individual disclosure exemptions? Um, first, understand why I'm bringing it up because right now, um, there are sophisticated franchisees, well-capitalized franchisees that are looking for opportunity. So I have been receiving calls of, hey, we have a very large company, high net worth. They want to uh, sign a development agreement. Uh, it's in a non-registration state. But Charles, they want to look at our data in a way that goes well beyond their item 19. In that case, depending on the state, if that franchisee has um, net worth of over 5.7 million, and there's some other qualifications, but the biggest one is the 5.7 million, um, there's a process internally, not with a state, not with an agency, uh, at the federal level in non-registration states to apply a franchise exemption, proceed with the transaction with a, without a typical FDD disclosure, and to provide data that goes beyond your item 19. So you need to know that's in your toolkit um, of potential options to make deals happen. Um, so that's the large franchisee exemptions at a corporate level. Um, there's also a large franchise investment exemption uh, at the federal level. And so that applies in certain states too, which is, hey, if, if the expense is gonna be over 1.1 million, you may have another exemption. And again, another opportunity to go beyond your item 19. Same thing with a fractional franchise. From what I've described now, you don't have enough information to apply this, but you do have it in your working arsenal to say, depending on this franchisee, high net worth or high investment in a non-registration state, can we explore going outside of our FDD to make the deal happen? So that's really where that's about. And Phil, I'd be glad to get you some additional information, but just know that that's an option there. A number of our clients are taking advantage of it now. Um, we're in the process now of giving data that goes beyond our item 19. Uh, again, it's a non-registration state. We've developed some uh, affidavits for everyone to sign for protection. Um, we're still disclosing the FDD, but it gives a ton more flexibility. Any more questions, Nick, before we get into intermediate? Go, go for it. So guys, again, just a quick recap. This is short-term. We don't know how long short-term is. Race for impact, defensive measures, legal adjustments. But my biggest takeaway from all of this is understand there's franchise exemptions. And most important, you need to adapt your marketing tactics, whether established brand, emerging brand, your franchise sales, your marketing channels, and your brand story focused on validation. Um, the next stage, that we're focused on, right, is that intermediate stage. We don't know when it's gonna happen. We all hope we go into peak uh, COVID cases. Um, I think it's gonna happen once the cases stabilize, once markets feel secure, once people realize I got the virus and I'm fine, and we watch the charts on TV and they're like, see this peak, it was here, and now the numbers are going down. When that happens, we don't know. Um, that's the intermediate stage. 
that's when we need to plan for an offensive recovery, continue to redefine our brand, continue reevaluating our legal measures, right? Um, one of the most important points we put here is TBD. If you have comments, um, please continue with the comments on the web chats, the Q&A, because again, this is, this is only as good as our community, which um, has been so valuable at this time. But Nick, we have down in the intermediate stage, reassessed budgets, um, discussions with your management team, 24 month plan, not 12. Um, validation story, real estate strategy, which I thought was interesting. Um, continued modification of legal relationships. Where do you want to start with, with intermediate stage? I mean, why don't, why don't we just run through just a quick touch point on each of them. So we put TBD as the first one. If, if you guys have measures that you're already starting to think about in the intermediate stage, please put them in the chat box so we can mention them. Uh, recess your budget for the remainder of the year. Uh, again, our advice is not to shut off, but to turn it into a slower run. Uh, let's call this a run that could go through April. Uh, McDonald's, which has 38,000 restaurants globally, um, does not know what the financial impact is going to be of coronavirus on their business. Uh, it's expecting to have an update at its first quarter um, uh, earnings call, which is April 22nd. I think that's going to give us a lot of information on how uh, one of the big giants uh, was impacted by this. Good, good stuff could come out of that. Just knowledge-based, maybe not for, for business, but knowledge-based. Um, so the reassessment of the budget, I would, I would create it into more of a slower run rate uh, for the next few weeks and play by ear, but that, that's going to have to be a relationship with you and your agency partners uh, to be fluid with the message that goes out there. Uh, the 24 month plan, I think there's two points to that. One is a rolling budget. Every time you sign or award a franchise uh, from here on out, fill the budget up a little bit more. This is gonna be a discussion with your executive team to say, how do we get more of a flowing budget? Um, so this way, when success starts coming back, uh, you, can, you can have a little bit more cash to push down the pedal, uh, which will happen, uh, said 20%. We could see up to 20% unemployment rates. Uh, that means the buyers are going to come out. Um, if you're stuck in a budget that is a 12-month run rate, you're going to be tough. I would start having those conversations now of what does the next 24 months look like so that when we get into offense mode, you're ready to go. Uh, plan and build your validation story. That's going to come from the franchisees that are saying, we got this on the franchisees that you support. This is really going to be those two buckets of uh, awesome franchisees and the cuspers who you gave uh, additional resources to. Uh, most likely uh, in any economic downturn, there's gonna be franchisees that shut their doors. That might not be great from a validation standpoint. Start thinking about resales and how you might be able to protect some of their investment. Uh, the real estate uh, strategy is going to start shifting now. Uh, this could drive down some costs, which those that are looking for real estate spaces or have longer lead times for finding the right spaces, this might actually open up some inventory uh, it depends on how much this impacts some of the retail sectors. Um, so be on the lookout, start talking about what is it going to look like when we're, when we're ready to capitalize and go against some of this real estate. Um, that, that, that's the, the first panel. Charles, you want to do some? Yeah. Um, again, from this, at this stage, we need to continue to reevaluate modifications of the legal relationship. So, um, it, it's critical is going to be to suspend 
um, or modify royalty structures. Uh, Dawn at SMB made a good point about turning off minimum royalty collections. That's certainly one of our recommendations here. Um, it, you know, that may not be a win-win at this stage. So they're depending on the industry um, and you need to be careful how you do it. You just don't, you need a very formal communication and modification to say, we're going to suspend royalties. And again, it's a suspension for a certain period of time and what the impact is. You don't want to, um, you don't want to have any unintended consequences down the line. You want to make sure there's parity and consistency among the franchisees uh, from a franchise regulation standpoint. And this applies to royalty collections, royalty modifications, brand development funds, and other common funds. Um, at this point too, legal relationship wise, potentially you're evaluating expansion of service offerings or product offerings. Um, if you're going, if you're a brick and mortar business and now you have an online strategy, well, I think we need to think that out. Certainly, if participants are within a territory of a franchisee, that franchisee should get the income from that or be rewarded for it. If we now have an online strategy developing income in regions that don't have franchisees, in my opinion, at least at the intermediate stage, and with the right agreement with your franchisees or advisory councils, maybe those funds or the net profits, they get pulled into brand development funds and other uh, supplemental funds focused on recovery. And of course, for me, the biggest item is also continue to focus on uh, registration exemptions and uh, item 19 exemptions that we discussed earlier. Um, other calls we're having is franchisors are asking for advice on communications with landlords about landlord concessions. Um, and so I think that uh, needs to be an active process that um, you're providing guidance for, for your franchisees and having your team working on. Um, biggest items, and we're gonna get back to Nick on this, but for me, I think this is big and it's not a legal strategy. It's a franchise sales development and franchise brand strategy, which is yesterday's gone, right? You need to redefine your digital strategy. Um, digital is now and will continue to still be king. Um, for many brands, in my opinion, uh, your digital strategy probably wasn't that good. And now's the time to change it and innovate um, and focus on that brand story, which is a story of validation, franchisee support, and uh, you stepping up to the plate for your franchisees at this time. Um, Nick, let's go into brand redefining digital marketing strategy. And when I'm in a lot of conferences and what, like what I don't like is when, like I know this is the right thing and I know these points are correct about redefining that strategy, but how do I apply it in practice in real life as I'm going through this? Like how do I change the dynamics where my brand just achieves another level as we exit this. Yeah, I understand that we're talking about the intermediate zone. Uh, this means we're out of the, the first part. We've, are, we've hit the, the, hopefully the peak. Um, and now we're talking about how do we recover here. Um, so so the, the redefinement of, the redefining of your, your marketing and digital strategy, 
uh, you need to go through the checklist of what are the essentials. Just, you need to make sure that website that you have is set up for converting uh, so that the dollars that you're spending can actually drive them to a place of telling your story. Uh, far too often, I'll land on a franchise or a site. It does not talk about um, the human interest story. It doesn't give me the why them, why now. Um, it's kind of loose in the messaging. It doesn't answer the things that I need to know. And now, talk about the, the answer of tomorrow. Uh, it would not shock me um, if there ends up being a tab on the franchise sales site uh, that says, how did we deal with a crisis? Uh, because everybody's going to want to know that. That's going to become part of um, the table stakes of how did you support franchisees when shit hit the fan? Um, and, and if you don't have a positioning there, that's going to put you behind uh, when that becomes part of the due diligence and validation stage that goes behind this. People are going to want to know, how did you react in this scenario? Um, and this could, be the, this could be arguably the worst thing that we see in our lifetimes. Um, so it might not be the baseline for how we deal with uh, the toughest of situations, but be prepared to have a good answer there. That's why some of the things you think in the short term are going to have impact. Um, in a good economy and a bad economy, uh, brands uh, push their uh, building and product message to the front. Uh, remember that brands don't sell brands, people do. You want to see a difference between good and great. Uh, Sony has this guy, Nobutashi, who creates the Walkman, the digital camera, and the camcorder. Apple has Steve Jobs. Uh, Steve Jobs is still seen as a hero and visionary today, uh, long after, after he's been gone. Nobutashi, nobody knows who that is. Uh, they both died uh, in 2011. Um, and one leaves the world forgotten, one leaves the world, world uh, remarkable. Think about that as you position your brand story, but that's where focus on your franchisee story. Let them be the, the voice for you. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, anything you do from a marketing standpoint is not what ultimately sells franchises. Two things do. Uh, your franchisees help you sell franchises and you sell franchises. Uh, understand that the marketing tactic is just uh, filling different parts of the funnel. Um, for, forever, uh, brands have focused spending the bulk of their dollars on the bottom of the funnel. Call that the lead and the deal. And unfortunately, in franchising, a uh, majority has been spent on this thing called the lead. Uh, leads don't buy franchises, franchisees do. Um, and this is where we push, we need, more, we need more leads, we need more leads, we need more leads. This is an opportunity to play up in the, in the higher levels of the funnel of education of franchising, education of category, uh, education of your brand so that the buyer becomes comfortable. They're gonna have plenty of times on their hands to do their homework and figure out if your brand makes sense for them. So understand that now is a time to reevaluate things and then we get into the intermediate stage, it's time to redefine them and start deploying them. Uh, but again, my, my best advice to anybody that wants to figure out a way of how do you turn threats into an opportunity, when we get on the other side of this, don't shut everything down. Be, just be smart about what you're doing in a franchise development standpoint if you want a shot to come on the other side of this uh, in a big way. Nick, and, and my big takeaway there, I mean, again, it's intermediate stage. We're not there yet. But start thinking about what is that tab on your sales website about how you dealt with this crisis. Um, and again, questions um, that we've had, um, are franchise sales leads integration has stopped? How are franchisors addressing this? And these are things we may have discussed, or are they giving prospects space? Or are they continuing their standard sales process? I think from what we've discussed is 
No, there's a paradigm shift. The standard sales process, that dialogue is gone, but we do see enduring value in they need to continue that conversation and that communication because we will reach that recovery stage um, and everyone's going to be judged on, on, on how they reacted to the crisis, no? And, uh, you know, I'll hit these and then should we continue to spend money to generate leads and present opportunity or pull back and preserve that capital for a boom afterwards? What do you think about that, Nick? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, I would keep keep the story relevant. Uh, use content. Content is a is an owned category uh, that you can distribute back out through social. Uh, it's a time for you to still have a voice. Um, don't overspend on lead generation. Now there's there's certainly is uh, that you might want to pull uh, back from and, and preserve as much of your budget for when you get on the other side of this. Um, but but don't stop doing the blocking and tackling or else you're going to be playing from behind when other brands are starting to to take off and the takeoff moment when you're looking at other brands uh the the big shift that happened post 2008 uh was brands used to say i want someone with restaurant experience to own my restaurant that message quickly turned into i want someone who is financially qualified and ready to buy to own my restaurant or i'll map someone who is financially qualified with someone who can operate a restaurant so the narrative shifted to we're just looking for people that can buy franchises uh, that narrative is going to be very active and the amount of franchisors that exist that are going to try to jump on top of every prospect that starts waving their hands saying, I'm ready to buy, uh, is going to be enormous. So just, just be smart about it. You know what your cash flow is. Uh, have dialogue with people that you trust um, to create some sort of game plan to move forward. Nick, from that, I, I, so the way the question's worded too, it's interesting uh, because it's saying, or pull back and preserve the capital for a boom afterwards. You said something interesting, content's an owned category. So it's not like we're gonna go hit the boom and then all of a sudden you spend your dollars on pay-per-click ads and other ads, because I think that's gonna be a waste of money, right? Right now, or at least in an intermediate stage, you develop that content story. Again, those old mediums of just turning on marketing dollars are not going to work. So now maybe I would spend money on uh, media production in terms of telling more stories with franchisees. Um, those are things you're not just going to turn on once the boom happens. Um, you need to be cognizant of that story. And the good news is it doesn't have to be expensive. I think the other good point that Nick made is, I see this a lot. Content is an owned category. If you develop your story, if you develop that content, if you develop that media, you're going to always have that. It's not a one-time placement in a magazine or one-time pay-per-click ad. And I think that that's where the focus should be, at least in the intermediate stage. The, the final question is recommendations for franchisors offering advertising fee relief, uh, the answer is really depending on how, if your franchisees are shut, um, there needs to be a candid conversation about royalty abatements and advertising funds. Um, it, it's going to be case specific, but again, it's all a part of that story. Um, what we're going to do, we did hit the one hour mark. Um, again, tomorrow uh, will be the continuation of this webinar. It's 
please forward questions, any Q&A topics you want to discuss. It's an open community forum. Uh, if you have an opportunity, go to the Franchise Growth Mastermind Facebook community group, um, post there. Um, again, on this deck, we still have SBA resources to keep a lookout for. Um, and tomorrow at one o'clock Eastern time will be the open community discussions. Uh, Nick, I just lead us out. Any, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, please share this, uh, this link with as many people uh, that you find would be uh, benefited by this. Uh, we did not want to wait uh, for the community uh, to get content. That's why we jumped on this as fast as we have. Uh, Friday or tomorrow will not be the end of this. Uh, we're going to know more as we circle through the end of this week on what is sentiment of brands and employees and franchisees. Um, so we want to be here for you. Uh, we set up uh, an email address uh, for some of uh, people in our network uh, to send questions. It's just coronavirus at nolimitagency.com. Uh, that if you have PR crisis uh, questions that you need answered, feel free to email that uh, and we'll respond. Uh, so we're, we're trying to create resources um, because again, uh, we, we, we're, we're all gonna run through the same crap together uh, and there's plenty of unknowns. So if we band together as a community, uh, then we got a shot to figure out what, what is the best ways to go forward. Um, and again, I said this yesterday, uh, every storm runs out of rain. Uh, this will too. Uh, we need to be prepared for when it does so that we have a shot for our businesses to be impacted positively. But appreciate everybody uh, sitting in and listening. Everyone, thank you so much. And again, any follow-up questions, just let us know. We'll, we'll keep doing this. And again, this webinar is a function of everyone on these calls. So thank you so much. And, and we'll uh, talk tomorrow.